when you want to fight for something and you fight for it, right? And so sometimes you can fight for things and it brings out the worst in you. But when you fight something that brings out the best in you, it's you have a pretty good chance at winning. And so, but and the more that we keep doing it, and the more we can keep helping others. Like we've helped so many people and, and met so many organizations that I never even thought my story would even apply, right? And I get letters from parents and now I, I consult with families and I work with people that are have been done their sentence for maybe five years and they're like, how do I tell my partner about my record? It's been described as the comeback of a lifetime. That's the voice voice of Emily O'Brien, who started her own company after uh, more than just a mild brush with the law. We're going to bring her on and tell her, have her tell her story, a remarkable story at that. And this goes part and parcel with something the Ontario Labor Minister, Monty McNaughton, uh, before he departed politics, uh, pushed forward. And it seemed like everybody bipartisans gave this bipartisan support the province putting 12 million dollars to helping people with criminal records find employment one million people in a province of 15 million have a criminal record and that decreases at times because it's a box you got to check the likelihood of getting a job it increases the likelihood of long-term poverty one person who fought her own way to the top uh, she's the founder and ceo of comeback snacks is the aforementioned Emily O'Brien. She joins us now to tell her story on Toronto Today. It's great to have you on. We've been trying for a while, and here you are. Thanks for thanks for making the time this morning. Of course, of course. Your story's remarkable, um, and, and you aren't hesitant to, to shell it. It doesn't feel like when I ask you questions about it that you're reliving trauma because it's real, it happened, and you want people, A, not to make the same mistakes you made, but B, also, if those mistakes have been made, you got a, you got a blueprint to turning it around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about your story and what ended up happening. What got you into trouble with the law? Well, it was 2012, 2013. You know, I was living in Toronto. Liberty Village had a small company, but I was also struggling with something that was going on with my family. So I turned to substance use and I met someone through my work who I thought was sober. And, you know, we became pretty close. We ended up going on a trip. And on this trip, I found out that he wasn't sober and that we were actually on this trip to bring drugs back to settle a debt that he had. And when I heard this news in the country, uh, St. Lucia, it was a big shock to me and I, I was scared, uh, but I just wanted to go home. You know, I was, this was not, never something I trained to do. I wanted to do. I didn't know the legal repercussions. I just knew the safest way out was through. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got arrested, um, in July in 2015 with two kilograms of narcotics strapped to my body and pled guilty. And so you, you absolutely um, are caught up in, in basically international drug trafficking and your plan on going on that trip was just to go for a few days and have a good time. Yes, absolutely. I can't imagine how surreal that felt. Again, I'm sure people have said this to you 30,000 times. It's right out of a movie, but you're living it. What was the scariest moment? And when did you know you'd get caught? Um, I think the scariest moment was actually seeing my parents in the courthouse when they had to bail me out. But I, I knew that I was going to get caught at the airport because I was not good at this, right? Like I wasn't some trained uh. person to do this. Uh, my body language was, body language is silent, but it's the loudest language in the room. And obviously there were signs that things were very, very wrong. And after we went through the first part of security, we got pulled into secondary and they asked me a series of questions. And the last question was, you know, Miss O'Brien, we're going to have to search you. Do you have any drugs on you? And I looked at the floor for 10 seconds, which seemed like an eternity. Uh, and then I looked him right in the face and I said, yes. So, Because you just, you, your instinct must have been lying. It'd be worse. Yes, absolutely. 
It's Emily O'Brien joining us on Toronto Today on 640 Toronto. So you don't go to a women's prison. You're under house arrest at first. We're going to get to your comeback for sure. But you're living at your mother's home while this happens. How long until things even felt normal being under house arrest? Or did they ever living with your mom? Um, Yeah, they didn't really. But these are the things I had to learn to how to adapt to because I turned their lives upside down. And I spent a lot of time in in the beginning being very, very angry, being angry at myself, being angry at the system, being angry at the person. And it wasn't getting me anywhere. And that wasn't who I was. I've always been a fighter, but I've always fought for good things. And at that period, I was just fighting for, for something different. And it was, it was just one day that I decided I was like, I'm going to fight for something good. I'm going to make something good happen out of this situation because I, I knew that I was always a good person except for, you know, that day. And I looked at my entire life and reflected on all the good that I'd done. And it was reminding myself of those good things that I did that reminded me that this was not going to beat me. I was, I was going to beat it and make it something that mattered in a good way to myself and others. The shocking Emily O'Brien's joining us in Toronto today, the shocking data that I took away from and the number, I think all our audience will be like, are you kidding me? Is at one institution for women, Grand Valley, close to 14% of women are serving time for importing and exporting drugs in all of Canada's prisons. 5% of inmates are serving a sentence for importing and exporting. And I, I read further and the idea is women are an easy target. They think yeah. they're not good. People think they won't be stopped and suspected like men will be. And you're living proof that isn't the case. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I was a terrible, terrible liar. Like it, mm. it was written all over my face. And when I got arrested, like when I got pulled over, I felt a huge I, sense of relief. Just like, I didn't know I was going to come, but I just, I felt a huge sense of relief. So you have an incredibly successful popcorn company right now called Comeback Snacks. How did you get it started? How did you turn it around? So it was actually in prison where, you know, I I felt so misunderstood and I felt that a lot of people around me were just mad at me or, you know, I I just, I was embarrassed and I I wanted to find a way to prove that it wasn't just me that felt like this. And in prison, I met so many other amazing people that this had happened to. And we bonded over a lot of things, one of those things being food. And we would make you know, snacks, cakes, birthday cakes, whatever. And, and popcorn was one of the things that we made and put our own recipes on it. And we would talk about what we were going to do when we got back into the workforce. And, you know, finding a job with a record was a, a huge barrier. Uh, and so it was in prison that I came up with that, this idea to start a popcorn company where I could yeah. employ myself, others, and shed light on the importance of giving people coming out of prison a second chance. The website is comebacksnacks.com. We're talking to Emily O'Brien. And that's the last question I have for you. You heard me mention the, the provincial government putting legislation through trying to give people that second opportunity. Anybody listening to you would say, how could anybody not give this bright, articulate, uh, vibrant person a second opportunity? But you know, and I know some people wouldn't have if you didn't do it on your own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why you have to really try to make change at scale. And I've been so grateful to know so many money, so many members of the government that have been willing to be a part of this, to be a part of this mm. movement, because it's, it, it truly will give people a second chance and bring, you know, more labor into the economy and bring people out of poverty. There will be, there'll be less crime. If we can just 
allow people access to jobs that will give them yeah. another chance and rebuild their lives. Well, you did it and you did great. Comebacksnacks.com. Thank you so much for the time and telling your story. I think it means a lot to a lot of people. And thanks for sharing it with us. Thanks so much, Craig. Emily O'Brien joining us on Toronto Today.